Hey guys, it's me. Welcome back to the Talk With Me show. My name is Rishon and welcome to the fourth episode of the podcast. The episode you guys have been waiting for because I gave you a grand teaser to get ready for this episode, right? Okay, so today I'm going to be sharing with you some really important information. I'm really excited to share this with you guys. I hope you will be happy for me once I share you share this uh, information. Uh, and today I am going to be um, reacting to some of my short stories from my period from the period of standard four to standard five. Um, so I'm really excited to do this. This is going to be a blast. So let's get started. Okay, so the first story I picked is about this cat, Felix. Okay, so the prompt reads, the neighbor's pet cat, Felix, keeps making mischief at your home. One day, you hit upon a plan to put an end to his dastardly deeds. <laughs> write the story of your adventure. This was really interesting to write. I remember I got a 20 out of 20 for the story, so I really liked writing this story. Um, it was fun. I really enjoyed it. Okay, enough rambling. Let's get on into the story. The sun in all its glory shone as an ornament, and it wasn't even Christmas. The verdant throne complemented its gay glow as it grew, until a cloud covered me with its imaginary rain. Felix, my neighbor, Mrs. Courtney's cat, sat on my porch just before he scurried inside the huge entryway. <sighs> going to be her sad. What was the devil going to do now? <laughs> he had already put hairballs in my shampoo, messed on my lawn, and now, oh my god, he tooted on the lawn. Okay, yeah, I remember actually gonna write he tooted on the lawn. Well, that that would be weird, right? Nobody wants to read that. That <laughs> that's weird, right? But anyway, um. And now, I looked at him intently after I walked into the adjoining room. More precisely, my bedroom. He climbed up on my marble-finished desk and readied his clothes. In second, my hard work creative writing assignment was gone. Oh my God, that was it. I had had enough, but I couldn't tell Mrs. Courtney again. She was too much in love with him, cat to believe me. I needed to teach this rascal a lesson. I thought for a moment and put my thumb and index finger into the thinking position. I got it. If I could just scare him out of his place, that would definitely put him in his place. Oh my god. Okay, so what I like about this is you kind of get um the character's internal conflict in a way. Like she hates the cat. You know, you, you get that in the few uh seconds of reading this and I really like how I developed the character without describing she had brown eyes, brown hair, whatever. If you're wondering, yes, I have brown hair and brown eyes. That's why I always use brown hair and brown eyes. I don't know, I just have an obsession with it because that's what I look like. So anyway, but um, yeah, I, I like how I describe the character. Um, in a way that it's not physical appearance only, it's their internal 
conflict. Again, I know I keep mentioning internal conflict and it's an avid part of the writing. So that's why I keep mentioning it. And without internal conflict, I'm sorry, sweetheart, you ain't got no story, okay? You ain't got no story. Because if you do not have internal conflict in a book, short story, whatever you're writing, you do not have a story for me. I'm sorry, but you only got no story. Okay, anyway. So the next day, Sunday, I snuck into my closest neighbor's house. It was shopping day for her, and she always left the door slightly ajar. What does she think it is? The 1960s? You can't just leave your door open. <laughs> yeah, so I, I got this idea because I remember this time my dad had told me uh, that in the 60s, they used to leave their door open and there wasn't as much crime and hatred in the world as we have now. Um, and people used to just leave the door open, leave the windows open, whatever, and no thief would come at all. Now, we people have security cameras, gates, cameras, all of those things. And it just shocked me that in those times, they left the door open and all of those things. That's crazy. Well, I was just like, okay then. Uh, so I mumbled to myself. I slipped my phantom mask on my face and tiptoed on the creaking floor. I dug in my back pocket and pulled out my phone and quietly played the 20 second video of a monster roaring. I think this is the part where I scared the cat. Oh yeah, yeah it is. It was going to be great. That'll teach him. I opened the closest door and saw Felix in it. I shook my body about and played the video. He hissed out of the bed in fright. With his black fur standing on end as I chuckled in glee. Felix, a voice called. Are you ready to deliver? The voice drew closer and I recognized it to be Mrs. Courtney. I stepped outside and asked, deliver what? The kitten's child? Where do you come from anyway? She remarked in her raspy voice. All this time, I hadn't realized that Felix was a future mother. Oh, plot twist, plot twist. Next thing, I want to give you guys advice. You don't always have to have a plot twist in your story, but like make the plot twist something that somebody might not expect, right? You don't want it to be expected, okay? You do not want people to be like, oh, come on, I saw that coming, you know, because it's not going to be enjoyable for your reader. So I know you guys listening to this for the first time, you might not have guessed that that was going to happen. <laughs> like, yeah, you might not have guessed that. Anyway. So why is she always doing mean things to me? I questioned with a slight, slight eye roll. <laughs> well, I could clearly tell I wrote this. You know how cats are frustrated and angry right before they give birth? She said. Yeah, that's really true. I like, I like how I added that. Uh, no, I guess now I know, I said. I had been judging Felix this whole time. I felt so sorry for her. But I guess we have to go to Felicia now, I joked. You know, I only found out she was a girl last week, my neighbor said with a slight chuckle. Those people, I have to pay an extra $10 for a male cat, she said seriously. I guess all's well that ends well. 
Oh my gosh, this was a gorgeous story. I loved it. It's so, I love it. I like, um, so my comments now. I like how I developed Mrs. Courtney's character in a way she's old. We can tell that she's old by how you described her raspy voice, you know, and those things that can, well, my voice is so quiet, sounds like ASMR. Anyway, but like, uh, um, how I described Mrs. Courtney in a way that um, it's, it's sort of indirect in a way. Uh, and I also like at the end, when I brought in a little bit of Mrs. Courtney's character as well, and she she's all about saving money, you know. I don't know if you guys got that, but like that's what I got from writing that part. Uh, I also liked how I wrote things like the next day and all those different things. This is one of my shorter stories. I don't think I've written a story this short, but all all in all, it was a really great story. Uh, and now for the mark, I give the story. I personally would have given it a 19 out of 20 uh, because I think I should have described the cat a little bit more, you know, like maybe if he had bloodshot eyes or whatever, something more, you know, like at the beginning of the story, you had a chance to describe him, you know, but, you know, I was developing, so I am still developing. I'm not bragging or anything, but okay. So the next story. Oh, this story, I got a seventeen out of twenty. That's not that bad. Okay, this one is about a fish. I am. I love that. So the prompt says, "You are a fish living on a beautiful coral reef. One day." Danger comes to your tiny habitat. Write the story of your adventure. This is cool. I love it. As I left my beautiful coral home covered with different colors, pinks, blues, and orange, I waved my phoenix sightedly to my parents, who both wore, who both wore wide smiles as broad as the coastline. Today, oh my god, I love that. That's cute because it's the sea, <laughs> you get it. Anyway, today was my first day at school and I was excited. Be careful, Angel. <laughs> that is, that is funny. Anyway, mom waved once again. I'll be all right, I answered back. I swam through the vast ocean, astounding and serene. Through the seaweed, I could see a large structure entirely made of coral. It was breathtaking. As if a castle, it had turrets and a monumental door. There were security guards in the tiny booths as they allowed students to enter. I swam up to where the, the sentries were, the guards. Sentry means guards, if you didn't know. Anyway, the sentries were told where the sentries were and told with a smile. I'm in here, Angel Clownfish. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow, I love that. That's cute. Her last name is Clownfish. Wow, that's cool. The tall, heavy-set angelfish responded. 
Oh, all right. Your name's on the list. You can go in. Flipping my tail, I entered this room to see all types of fish. Then the bell rang. My chance had begun. Hours swam by until a particular subject caught my attention. It was reading time. We were learning from a textbook called All About Humans. What would he discover? I thought. Our teacher, Mrs. Bubbles. <laughs> That's cute. Oh my God, I love that. That is adorable. Went on to explain. Um, went on to explain how dangerous non-fish could be. She said, while fixing her spectacles, that they can break off corals from one's home. Everyone gasped. Yes, she nodded, a little angered. Explaining more, she went on. They can fishnap you children. That's why our next lesson is safety. For her entire lesson, I couldn't stop thinking about those humans. What I didn't know was that something dreadful would happen very, very soon. Nice hook. That's cool. I love it. The bell rang. I know I'm saying I love it so many times, but I was attempting. So I like this. This is cool. The bell rang, signaling the end of the day. Everyone swam out, chattering noisily. I'd gotten a few friends during the big morning break. So I talked to them. Slowly, my friends, Goldie, Atlantic, Wanda, and I made our way to my humble home. Introducing everyone, I could feel the danger was near. I ignored it as what danger could there be? After my parents permitted us to play in the backyard, the backyard coral garden, I could hear unfamiliar voices and could see something large. Suddenly, a netted material hit the surface, but my friends and I hadn't noticed. We were so engaged in play. Numerous fishes screamed and rushed about, but unfortunately, mom and dad got lost in the crowd. I tried to stamp out of the net, but it was too late. We were all trapped. Slowly, it was brought up to the surface, where two villainous humans watched us. Boy, if I had listened in safety class. Then, one of them pointed at me. What was he going to do? I questioned. He picked me into his hands. He picked me up into his hands. I looked around with a shift gaze. Was he going to kill me? I said with a stammer. I heard a man explain something about the camera. What was that all about? I could barely breathe. The burly man started explaining something about me. Then, all of a sudden, someone shouted, Cut! That was great, Jonathan, the bearded one went on. Yeah, I'm sure viewers would love our new show, the other replied. Then, put me down back into the net and said, Sorry, little fishy, it's just a new show we're working on for National Geographic. I was shocked. So it wasn't danger after all? Wow. So I really like this story. Uh, the thing is, uh, I think what I gotta work on is shortening the first part of the story because I think that was too long. For me, that was too long. I don't know how you guys feel, but for me, that was too long. I think I could have condensed it a little more to shorten it, but it was good. It was a nice attempt, so I like the story. I like it. Okay, so now, what is a reacting to, scary, to short stories without a good scary story? Okay, we are going to be reading my one of the stories that i wrote um in standard five 
those other stories were like my earlier days of Santa Tribe, and this is closer getting to the exam, SEA. Uh, so going on, let's get it. Okay, scary story. This is exciting. So starting. That day, I was at Auntie Linda's calm and peaceful home in Rio Claro, a place where one could hear the rustling of bushes and the serene wind blowing in your hair and the charming birds singing loudly that evening. There was no sort of shortage of greenery in this place. The finest cocoa trees that were delightful went on for miles. At the back of the house was a winding river and enchanting forest which was perfect for hiding. My dear cousins, Susan, Lily, and Edmund had requested for us to play the classical hide-and-seek game, which I loved, and being a normal child, I responded cheerfully, knowing exactly where I was about to hide. My next decision, however, wasn't wise. Edmund, the eldest but slowest of us all, counted. One, two, three, he stuttered, while the rest of us scampered about gleefully to search for hiding, for hiding spots. I knew I couldn't possibly hide in the most obvious places, so I hurried off to the place I had in mind, when no one would find me. But I had forgotten the stern face of my auntie, glaring into my soul. <laughs> the better has not entered a forest, you know, she had warned repeatedly. When just at that instant, I heard a sound like that of a horrid whistle. <clears throat> Eerie whistling sound came again. So, um... Um, there's a sentence we had to put into the story, and this is it. The eerie whistling sound came again, filling me with an ominous sense of dread. Uh, okay, so I'm continuing now, right? My cousins hadn't yet found me, and hours were flying by, and soon it would be dark. My freckled face turned as white as snow, and I scratched my head with confusion. I think this is the part where I was obsessed with freckled faces. <laughs> like, I wrote it everywhere. I turned around very, very slowly. It was Edmund. Oh dear, he'd spotted me, I thought. I darted as fast as I could behind him, but I remembered that Edmund was way slower than me, but maybe he sped up in the month I had not seen him, when I noticed that his head wasn't moving from all the running. As I got deeper and deeper into the forest, twigs stacked and leaves backed my face vigorously. I was out of breath, panting hard and loud, when I hear a zip like when you pull up a jacket. It was zipping up behind me and opening up for Edmund. Oh, okay, this is scary now. I was sick of this. I screamed my largest girl scream at my cousin. Then he turned around only to not be Edmund. His eyes were glowing, nothing like my cousin's brown ones. There were sharp dagger-like teeth and a large disturbing pig's nose in the middle of its ugly green face. The atmosphere was terribly dark, and the ground was muddy, and fear was now my new best friend. I felt for my little pocket knife to make sure it was there. Great. Good. Great, I said in a whisper to me. The whistle echoed again, frightening birds out of bed, and almost millions of the ghastly figure engulfed me as I quivered in fear. Moon and I exchanged glances as I slowly took out the knife and aimed for the heart of one of them. Traumatized, a sudden darkness came over me. My eyes fluttered open and I noticed that I was in Auntie's house again. Luckily, it had all been a dream, or so I thought. 
In the dimly lit room, I looked down at my feet, which were covered in mud and grass. Then I reached for my knife, which wasn't there. It wasn't a dream. I gasped, frightened, as the realization hit me as hard as bricks. Hearing a knock, I got up and opened the small window near my bed. The face I had seen earlier met mine. Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. My blood froze in utter shock. And in its hand was my little pocket knife that was swaying side to side, dangling from its tree. He pointed his knobbly finger at me. And then everything went black for the last time. Oh, wow. Wait, but if you're dead, how could you tell the story? I remember the time I was writing the story, my mom was like, but like, if you're dead, how are you going to tell the story? And I was like, mommy, it doesn't matter, it's just a story. But now that I'm like older, I get it. Like, I totally get it. Like, how could you be dead and telling the story? It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> the old saying, if you door here, you could feel rings through here. I hadn't listened to auntie and paid the price make it an unwise decision okay okay so this story teaches you that you should always listen to adults okay and it all and it also and it tried to scare you into listening to your parents and guardians <laughs> so basically yeah so the thing is with this story you sh sometimes you have a choice where you shouldn't listen to your parents. Listen to me. Your parents will have good intentions, but there's some adults who are really abusive parents and, and abusive guardians, you know. If they tell you to do something bad, do not do it. You know, if they say, if you're thinking about telling people about an abusive situation and they say if you tell you won't be getting uh this new ps5 for your birthday okay they try to get you into not telling somebody else you know when you clearly know in the back of your mind that they're never going to get you that ps5 to begin you know uh, but I'm saying you should listen to your parents and guardians who care about you. Obviously, don't listen to some vagrant on the street who just tells you, um, run to the store and steal something. Are you going to listen to him? No, I don't think so. <laughs> but otherwise, I like the story. I am going to give it, uh, I think I would give it a 20 out of 20. Uh, oh, and I just remembered, I forgot to rate the fish story. Uh, and I would give myself probably an 18 out of 20. I think 17 is a little bit too low, but that's just my personal opinion. What do you guys think? What do you think? I don't know, but yeah, I don't, I don't know, but I think that 18 is a good mark. You can't give yourself 17 and a half, so that doesn't count really. Anyway, but you guys remember that means I said I had to tell you? This is finally the time where I can tell you guys it. Okay.
taking a deep breath. I am so excited right now. I cannot control my excitement. Okay. Okay, you guys. I have finished writing the Spice Day. Yes, I did. I'm so excited. Now I am actually going to be able to call myself an author and not a future author anymore. So yay! I have got the editor, not, not the editor, the illustrator, but I think I know who I want my editor to be, but I haven't picked the editor as well. Yeah. Oh, but I am so happy to be able to share my feelings and my thoughts on this podcast. It's really a blessing to be able to talk to you guys through this particular media. And I really love you guys. Thank you so much for supporting me in all the way. Thanks to my friends, my mom, my dad, uh, my teacher, Mr. Ramrock, and my lessons teacher, Mr. Bagwandi, for helping me reach where I am right now. I thank you guys so, so much for supporting me and believing in me. I right now. Just... Thank you, everybody, for everything that you've done. I love you guys so, so much. Okay. Uh, so, um, you guys remember that. I, I was going to tell you earlier in this podcast episode that I was going to be reacting to episode 10. Um, chapter 10. What? <laughs> that episode 10. I'm still crying, so I can't continue my words. Okay, but I'm going to be reacting to chapter 10. And guess what? I tried something different today. Chapter 10 is in Elizabeth's point of view. Because I was kind of getting sick of writing Elizabeth. She, 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 she. Over and over and over and over again. You know what I mean? So I just decided to do that for the last chapter. I wanted to put it at Elizabeth's point of view and I want to strengthen her internal conflict a little bit. You know what I mean? Okay, so here we go. Chapter 10, Elizabeth's point of view. So you might be wondering, how would readers figure out that this is um, Elizabeth's point of view? Well, um, I put, Elizabeth's POV at the beginning, but I'm kind of wondering, would people know what I'm talking about? But like, if you're really a, a committed reader, or if you're a writer, you would know what POV means, you know? Anyway, uh, so going on, numerous weeks had passed, and by now, my father and I had grown close up. He apologized for not giving me my freedom, and I answered back by kissing his forehead. It's okay, Dad. But I have some great news for you. I didn't let him continue. What is it? I pleaded. Well, I'll be allowing you to continue as a spy. Even if this... Even what? Ugh. Even if there... Okay. I just took there and is and combined it. <laughs> even if this... I was going to write even if there is... Okay, even if there is no one to go up against, you can still patrol with your friends around the city. My mouth dropped in complete shock. 
Thank you, thank you, thank you! I screamed as I gave him a rush kiss and spun around the room. But I stopped really. You still have to be careful. I don't want you dying, princess. He hugged me and harassed my cheek. I promise I won't. And if you don't know what the rest means, it's kind of like if you, you know, like you take the back, like your knuckles, and you put it on somebody's cheek, that's called caressing their cheek or whatever. You know, you could do it with your thumb or whatever. Um, so it's basically like that opening scene of Frozen 2 where um, Elsa and Anna's mom, uh, she does this thing with her finger and flicks Anna's nose and she goes to sleep. That would be caressing your nose. Yeah, that sounds weird, but yeah, that's correct. So I'm just trying to give you an idea of what caress is. Anyway, <laughs> okay, I'm rambling on, am I? I'm sorry. Yeah, I am. Anyway, I, I promise I won't, I answered. In the few weeks, I had also gotten a new maid and friend. She was a little bit older than me, but it didn't stop our friendship. She had silky soft hair and the nicest man. I couldn't contain my excitement, and she could tell. What is it? Marit, wait. What is it? She asked. Remember that story I told you about my spy life? I asked her. Yeah, I do, she answered. My dad finally allowed me to follow my dream, but he said that I do need to be careful. Isn't this wonderful? I squealed like a toddler, bouncing up and down on my bed. Hey, I just made that bed, Marissa complained. Sorry, I chuckled. When just then, she got up and left the room telling me that the palace, palace's phone was ringing from me in room. I was left to do. What could that phone be ringing for? The palace's phone was only for informing purposes, for any royal emergency. I was just begging that it had nothing to do with me. After a few minutes, I found myself at the computer, randomly surfing the internet. What on earth could possibly be taking so long? After a couple more minutes, Marissa came back with my father behind her. She gracefully nodded her head and left. Dear, there's something I have to tell you. He slowly stuttered. Uh, yes, Dad? And quickly replied. Um, I came to inform you that your uncle Reginald has passed away and he was the next heir, so that means you have to be the new ruler. I gasped in utter horror and shock. My dreams came crashing down. Why? My thoughts were then interrupted by my dad's voice. You see, you okay? He asked, tilting his head to my frozen face. I snapped out of my daze and replied, taking a deep breath. Oh, yes, I heard you. It's just, I have to get back my dream, won't I? I asked dejectedly. No, of course not, sweetheart. Dad smiled and gave me a warm hug. Really? I smiled. Yes, of course, even though you are queen, even though you are queen. I could have sworn I had correct drama in here. Even though you are queen doesn't mean that you give up on all your dreams just to rule your kingdom. You can still do all of these things, but they'll have to be very limited. Your duties as queen will exceed greatly. Your duties as queen will exceed greatly. So make the right choice. What do you want to do, my dad? I don't know. I broke out into tears, making my nose red as well as my eyes. I sniffled. 
you you can talk to me don't come to i it just i'm confused it's just so much to control the things that i really want to do with what i have to do i cried my dad wiped a tear of which i hadn't noticed had fallen from my eyes and rolled down my cheek and then gently moved a strand of hair out of my face i understand but at the end you still will have to be crowned it's your choice if you'd like, you can talk to Miss M, which Carissa liked to be called, that was in brackets, about it, my father advised. I nodded my head and then took my hair out of my current hairstyle. I sighed out of its current hairstyle, out of my current hairstyle. Okay. What do you guys think? Does it sound better? Yeah, I think it sounds better. I sighed loudly and jumped onto my bed, head first. I grunted too, and then let my maid in who I soon realized had been standing outside for more than 20 minutes. Marissa sat on a stool and asked me what was wrong. I told her what was up and she gave me advice on what to do. I soon came up with a decision and awaited the day of the coronation, which was a few days away. The day of the coronation. <laughs> I wore a beautiful cream gown with golden embellishments, a full tube skirt and long bell sleeves. I sighed silently. Everyone I knew was there, even Prince Hugo and the girls. Let Elizabeth and Prince Hugo's ship live on! <laughs> and the girls. My Aunt Linda, Cousin Morris, Baby Sebastian, and the whole thousand of other relatives I had looked on with teary eyes as I slowly walked down the aisle. I wore my mother's tiara, encrusting it diamonds, rubies, and emeralds. I was shocked that this moment had arrived so soon. I was only 16. It felt amazing to be here at this moment. I felt my heart beat rapidly and my palms become sweaty. This was it. I had finally arrived where the priest stood and I walked up the stairs to receive the scepter and the orb, the long train of my gown following behind me. I held the scepter and the orb with a concerned and worried look. Was I really ready for this? My thoughts continued in my head so long that I hadn't heard the priest scream my lane at least a zillion times. I quickly exited my gaze and looked at my father. My days, days, yeah, days, and looked at my father. He signaled for me to take a deep breath and smile. I did so. I repeated my name. I, Elizabeth Rose Maria Loria Whitlock, will serve my kingdom rightfully and gracefully for my kingdom and my people. I repeated. The priest smiled at me and took the crown, and then he spoke. I now crown you Queen Elizabeth Rose Maria Loria Whitlock of Norwegia. I gave a gulp and turned to face the eyes of Kiesthofen and stood to a lusty applause. What? Is it just me or does that not make sense? Okay, I get what I was trying to say. I was trying to say that the audience stood. Okay, let's see if this makes sense. And the audience stood, tall as the applause. Okay, that makes so much more sense. I smiled with my scepter and orb in hand at everyone. Okay, yeah, I should have put that in brackets. But everyone. I was overjoyed at my new title but still afraid of what lay ahead, seeing in front of me, beaming from my necklace, my mother said in a soft voice, you will make a great 
the end. That was exciting. I. What do you guys think? Do does does that sound like an abrupt ending? Does it sound like a cliffhanger, or is it a perfect ending? What do you guys think? Message me here on Anchor and tell me, or you guys can message me on Zoom or whatever you guys want to do. You could also email me about it if you don't want me to hear your voice or whatever. Uh, but I personally think that it isn't an abrupt ending. I'm kind of skeptical about it, but I don't really know, you know. But tell me what you guys think. I was so excited to write this book. It was really a journey. I hope that you guys learned some things from me doing this reaction video and sharing important news. Episode five is gonna be amazing. I cannot wait for episode five and <laughs> it's gonna be cool. So I hope you guys will have a good rest of the day. Thank you guys so, so much for listening to the fourth episode of the podcast. Don't forget to download this podcast and also download it and like it in the face. I cannot wait for you guys to love this as much as I am. I cannot wait for you all to get the book and read it and love it with everything that you have. Also, I think it's totally okay if you guys write fine fictions. Don't get me wrong. You could totally go up on Wattpad or fanfiction.com or any of those fanfiction websites and make fanfictions about my story once it is out into the world. I cannot wait to see what people might come up with or the comments that I will get. <laughs> this has been such an amazing journey. I thank all of the people who have helped with this. Thank you so, so much. I love all of you guys so, so much. And I'll see you guys in the next one. Don't forget to download this podcast, okay? I'll see you guys in the next video. Bye-bye. Wait, not the video next podcast sorry anyway bye-bye guys don't forget to share this with your friends and don't forget to download it peace